Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host Nitin Bajaj, and joining me today is the Ash Patel. Ash, welcome on the show. Welcome, Nitin. Thank you for inviting me to your show. It's an honor to be here. Oh, the pleasure is all ours, Ash. So, let's get started with who is Ash. Uh, I'll just coin it this way. It's hard to define who I am with a complex personality like mine, but. Uh, I would say that I'm a passionate entrepreneur um, who happens to be in banking. I'm self-made, obviously came to America, I'm focused on creating an organization where profit is a byproduct, not the purpose of it. Um, also, I believe in giving back to society, um, AKA we'll call Siksha Foundation. Um, mm -hmm. The idea was to change 10,000 lives in 10 years and give $10 million away. If that would define who I am in terms of giving back to society, um, the fortunate wealth and the fortunate country we live in. So I think that would define who I am in terms of who is Ash, right? So I always believes in giving back and very passionate entrepreneur about what I believe I can do, how I can change 10,000 lives. And thank you for all you do for the community. You're a local legend in Southern California and uh, Really happy for all your success and uh, what you do for the community. Uh, no, I remember it's about giving back. So I'm not a legend by any means or any stretch. Uh, I just do what I think is rightfully every human being needs to do to help another human being. So I wouldn't go too far as a legend, but I believe in helping people. Um, and we're a bank and I believe in playing the ball forward. So it's just part of our journey, all of our journeys. Very humble. Right. That's that's a sign of a great leader. So, tell us about the Bank of California, the Commercial Bank of California. Yeah, Commercial Bank of California is a, a privately held bank that started in 2003 by a dear friend Bala Paul Krishna. Um, it was formed by you know four billionaires in Orange County. So it's a privately held bank started 2003 with 32 million in capital. Uh, it's it serves the small business entrepreneurs, so SMEs and SMBs, they call it the small business commercial and privately held companies. We have a little bit of wealth management, so high-end individuals, but mostly, like you said, we help the general community. And PPP defined us, the payment, mm -hmm. the payroll protection program defined who we were, and we helped a lot of small businesses, including the tie-in not entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. there was a big constituency we helped. So it really served the purpose. So that's who Commercial Bank of California serves two counties, um, Orange County and LA County. Uh, we do have another entity up in Atlanta. It's a payments company. So that's who CBC is, a small business, privately held, privately managed. Uh, board of directors own the bank. So it's an owner's mindset. So there's no outside capital. It's just uh, owner's mindset. So that's what CBC is. You called it small. I want to mention small as a relative term. Tell us a bit about the size and scale of your operations. So um, CBC at the moment is uh, $1.6 billion in size. So when I joined the bank, the bank was around 200 million in size. Um, this year, 2021, uh, 2020, it closed 1.6 billion in size. So uh, it's grown eight, seven X in the last seven years. It's about a 1.6 billion, knocking on the door of $2 billion in size. So yeah, it's, it's a medium-sized bank, I would call it. It's not, uh, in the 
in the trillion dollar industry we're in, uh, banking is a very big industry. So a couple of billion dollars don't move the needle, um, but for small businesses, it does. So that's why I say it's a small community bank. We have 45 uh, customers, 200 employees, four counties we're in and two states, California and uh, Atlanta. So that's a little bit about the size and the breadth of our company and our customers and the locations. Uh, we have about 50 million in revenue. Uh, we report close to $15 million in, we'll call it pre-tax earnings. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit about the matrix of how big we are and the revenues and et cetera. Those are some very impressive numbers. And uh, again, you know, kudos to your achievements, but at the same time, your humility, you know, seven X in seven years, that's people who die for that kind of a growth. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I think, like I said, you know, um, a purpose of our company was, you know, it's not driven by profits, it's driven by a purpose. So yeah, a lot of people would like that growth, but we don't focus on growth in my mind. Uh, growth happens to come because we're passionate and we're entrepreneurially driven. So um, it is good to have a seven X growth in seven years. We're fortunate that I have a good team and fortunate that we're able to execute a good business plan. But it's good to have that kind of growth in a small community bank. I used to, I'm not used to saying we're a multi-billion dollar bank because I was a small community bank. When you realize it's a billion six, you go, yeah, right, billion six is not a small bank anymore. It's a medium-sized bank. But I think the main drive comes from helping the community, helping the small business owner, which I have personal experience of having been in this community. So the focus is, and the purpose is really bringing in the profits and that's the best way to do it, I, could, I would imagine. Yeah, our goal is to help, um, help our small business SMEs um, navigate through the financial turmoil we are going through. And the PPP gave us a great benefit when JP Morgan B of A and they couldn't be ready and we were ready and we worked 24 seven. So we didn't stop the entire lending team worked 24 seven on weekends to assist when other banks were not. So that community service helped us. And it, as a result, um, we grew 60% in one year. Wow. And just pure 600 million of growth came in two areas. Um, 50% of the growth came from customers from PPP. And we have a payments company. When digital payments and pandemic happened, the, all the branches got shut down, the economy got shut down from a physical standpoint. So digital movement became very important. And another 300 million came from there. So 60% six, of our growth was in one year, purely driven by local PPP and driven by digital payments. So we happen to be in the right place to help our community uh, small business people get the payroll, save jobs. We saved 40,000 jobs. We helped 250 different businesses. PPP today and help another 50 um, companies in the next couple of weeks. So over 500 companies we have helped and probably over 100,000 jobs that we have been able to save or create because of the PPP. And we've lent out between draw one and draw two, 258 million, the first one, 150, the second one. So about close to $500 million of uh, lending to the business communities where, where numbers are at the moment. Again, phenomenal numbers and congratulations to you. And thank you for being such a helpful part of this community and helping make sure that this community continues to thrive despite all the challenges 
that have come at us in the in the past year. Ash, uh, I want to ask you, what is the biggest challenge you're facing at as a business at this time? Well, I think the biggest challenge I have is um, inspiring human behavior to change. Mm -hmm. um, in the current pandemic year we were in, change every normal all any normality we knew of was thrown out the window. Right, the economy got shut down, businesses got shut down. We're afraid to talk to people. We're afraid to touch people because we all got locked down into work from home. So inspiring people to accept change has been my biggest challenge. And in a business environment, uh, keeping that inspiration when such negativity is around and you hear people, hundreds of thousands of people are dying. Um, how do you keep your company and your family, first of all, safe? And then second of all, give them an inspiration that it'll be okay. Things will turn around and this too shall pass. That has been our biggest challenge in, in helping human beings evolve during this time. So our journey has always been, how can we make you a better human being? And during this pandemic year, that has been our biggest challenge is letting people know we care. So we started a campaign called We Care Campaign um, is to reach out to our customers, reach out to our employees, let them know we care. We sent them money. We never fired anybody. So during this whole pandemic year, we didn't have a furlough. We didn't lay any people off. We sent them what we call care packages at home, gave them money for their family because they lost, uh, their family members may have lost their job. So keeping people focused, keeping people inspired, keeping them focused on evolving to a better human being has been my biggest challenge because there's so much negativity around us. Uh, we were one of the few isolated, we'll call essential businesses, so we didn't shut down. So every one of our employees were busy and working and the PPP loan gave us a lot of work to do. So we gave them a purpose so they didn't feel completely helpless. That has been the biggest challenge in this particular year. And obviously you've done really well at that given you know, the numbers we just discussed, but at the same time to keep those motivation levels up so you could help the community. If, if you feel vulnerable and, and not motivated, it's hard to do that for others. So congratulations on taking on that challenge head on. Yeah, a lot of our staff members recognized the purpose because when they were helping people save their jobs, mm -hmm. it automatically inspired the bankers to work harder because they knew that this person was going to lose their job and we're working on a product that's going to save their job or even if they were at home, they would come back to work. So it was a real sense of belonging, a real sense of purpose that people worked even harder because we promoted that as a bank. I said, the work you are doing is saving people's lives and or people's jobs which would save their livelihood and that was a very inspiring uh, message we continually played and it gave a sense of belonging to a lot of people at our bank so they didn't walk they didn't look at time money they just did the job because they knew they were purposefully doing this to help the other family and the members of our business community that needed the money to save the jobs so it but keeping them positive during this was a very big challenge and, and isolation was a big challenge because everybody got disconnected. We couldn't have town hall meetings. We couldn't meet together. Everybody was on Zoom. So keeping the face-to-face -face personal relationship was a great challenge and keeping them focused on a bigger cause and having the bank become the, the vehicle in which we used to help 
translate that message to the employees and then to the customers, the community we serve. True. And a lot of your customers being business owners and in, in businesses, it would have had a cascading effect. Right? So what you did also had a cascading effect in a positive way, being able to have, you know, help and lift the community overall. Yeah, we did. We did a lot of loans for the Thai community. We did a lot of loans for our existing customers. So the philosophy we took was we do our existing customers first, and then we'll call it one degree of separation. So people who knew people were suffering could come to the bank. And then organizations like Thai and Gen X are large, small business community entrepreneur groups that we reached out to, or they reached out to us and said, can you help our general community? And he said, absolutely. Let me take care of my existing customers. And I call it one degree of separation and then took care of all of those. And then they would have friends. So they would send us more referrals and we kept it open for as long as everybody was taken care of. And we never turned anybody down. We just had every single application work through it. And every single application got their money back and put it in their hands and well, the money was put out to work. So it was very refreshing and very, um, uh, we'll call it, it was very rewarding. Yes. Psychologically very rewarding for what we did. True. Let's talk about, you know, we, we talked about the challenges. Let's talk about what is the biggest opportunity you're targeting? So at the moment, uh, you know, as Warren Buffett always says, never let a crisis go to waste. Yes. So our opportunity right now is that we have, and whenever there's chaos, there's opportunity. So our opportunity is growth, um, inorganic growth or organic growth at the moment because the large banks have not done a good job mm -hmm. managing and retaining small business customers. So that's our biggest opportunity right now um, in getting a large amount of the market share of small business community. Mm -hmm. The other opportunity we have is the current interest rates that are low. Mm -hmm. So we able to gather a lot of deposits. So from a business standpoint, we've been able to do that. And from a humanistic standpoint, a lot of companies and business have gone out of business. So we have been able to attract good talent mm -hmm. um, to build our company. So business-wise, we've been able to take advantage and continue to, it's not over yet. So with the J&J &J vaccine out yesterday, so it's, the whole country is still not vaccinated. So we're still somewhat in a lockdown. So as the economy comes back, our greatest opportunities are going to be leveraging what we've preserved during the pandemic, which was the capital, the deposits, and the people that we hired um, to take advantage of the growth opportunity. So we're hoping we'll be over $2 billion soon because of those, the greatest opportunity we have is to continue the safe and sound growth of our bank and provide an independent financial living for our employees. So they need to get benefited and rewarded for the sacrifice they made in their family. So our opportunity is to give back to the families that sacrifice for their employees to work in our bank. And hopefully we can give them back um, a good sense of belonging and financially reward them so they can feel that they their work was worth it and they got rewarded morally and economically. That's our biggest challenge, just to say thank you and show our gratitude that here's our way of saying thank you for working hard and hopefully that gratitude goes to our customers and they come back and said, I reward you with my business. So that's our biggest challenge is to execute gratitude in my mind. I think the way you have grown, if you keep going at it, I'm probably seeing 10 billion, 2 billion is too easy. That might be the end of the year. 
Well, we have a new strategy this year. I call it the 2510 strategy. Mm -hmm. The 2510 strategy is 2 billion in two years, 5 billion in five years, and 10 billion in 10 years. So uh, that has become the new, because before this, it was PJ to B. So you've seen it, it was a purposeful journey to a billion. I can no longer use that because we've blown through the billion dollar mark. I'll keep the purpose and the billion, but take out the purpose. Uh, the journey to a billion because we're there. So this year I had to uh, sit down and strategize as to what should be the new tagline for our inspiration. So it's now called the two, five, 10 strategy, two billion, two years, five billion, five years, 10 billion, 10 years, starting the new decade, 2020 and beyond, we call it. Perfect. So you have three years to, to add another eight or so billion. <laughs> that is true, but it's about 10 billion in 10 years. So I have a long time. <laughs> Don't raise my bars. <laughs> well, we'll see uh, the pace at which you're growing, and you know the team you have in place, and the the goodwill you have built in the community. I think it'll happen sooner than later. Well, we'll say we take uh, one step at a time and yeah. uh, let let the journey of our of our lives unfold. Mm -hmm. um, as we say, we do the right thing with the right intention, um, and the universe will conspire to make things happen for you. Absolutely. So, Any. Any stories of success or a lesson that uh, you may have learned through this journey? Yeah, I can give you a couple of words that have been lessons learned. So, you know, respect, kindness, empathy, and sympathy are great lessons learned. Um, I've realized that these words and practicing these words can be very inspiring rather than fear and motivation in leadership. So if I did not have the appreciation of respect, kindness, empathy, and sympathy. Um, the old Patel, pre-pandemic pre Patel was fear and motivation, right? I call the new Patel would be is, is recognizing that my lessons learned is respect, kindness, empathy, and sympathy are much more inspiring than we'll call management by fear or management by motivation. And that got recognized by me because a lot of people were afraid during this time. A lot of people were um, uncertain yeah. and in, in my mind, I learned a painful lesson that not being human, not being vulnerable, not being humble um, had unintended consequences. Uh, mm -hmm. People felt I was ruthless. People felt that this is not the company I want to work for. They don't care for human. They only care for profit. So that's a big lesson learned that the value of kindness mm -hmm. goes a long way. The value of respect, value of empathy, sympathy, compassion. Um, for leaders like ours in building organizations are valuable lessons that I would have normally never recognized how valuable they are had there not been the catastrophe we just are experiencing or have experienced. That there's a real value in being compassionate and the returns are exponentially. So we recognize my organic growth 7x, but that came through hard lessons of learning that pushing people and motivating people didn't get me there, but being gentle, being kind, listening um, is what I heard because it, there was a shift. There had to be a shift. So true. And I think last year gave us uh, an opportunity to humanize pretty much everything. Right? The human element came to the fore. And it sounds like that's essentially with all the, not just with your team, but also with your customers, also with all the businesses in the community, that uh, your bank serves, it the human element came out, and it's you know as much as we call it social distancing, we became socially better connected, just 
you know, we had to deal with the physical distance. Like you said, there was fear, there was concern, there was a lot of untoward things, but it, I think as a community, we have come out ahead. Yeah, I think so. Um, our customers, our employees, and it, you, it's hard to believe that this two-dimensional, because I, I can't touch you or feel you, you're on a flat screen on a laptop, some 50, 80, 100 miles away. Uh, but our, our employees and our customers got closer to us because when the catastrophe happened and when, you, when they knew that I need my payroll money to save my employees and our employees knew that their hard work is going to affect somebody's real life, it really sent a message that even though it was on, the, on a screen and on the phone, the closeness came in and we got so many emails and so many customers gratitude showing us that your hard work, the bank's hard work, that brought the company closer and brought the customers closer. And like you said, it humanized the banking industry, it humanized CVC, and it really then resonated in the marketplace. What does commercial bank and its customers say? And I was on the phone with many, many, many customers that would call me directly. And then I'd give it to Dan, I'd give it to my staff. They'd call right away and they'd be blown away that I got a phone call from this bank immediately as soon as I talked to Ash. And then the next three days or so, they got their money as quickly as they could. I mean, that I think really humanized us because when the alternative was they couldn't get to an email, they couldn't talk to anyone at B of A, there was no one to help them. And like JP Morgan said, we're not accepting application. They didn't even know who to talk to. So we picked up the phone and we worked 24 hours. It really humanized and brought us and our customers together. Also the catastrophe brought our employees together because we showed we cared. And we moved everybody home, 80%, 90% of our employees went home. We gave them a work from home allowance. Uh, we gave them time to spend with their family. So it really did bring our company and the purpose of who we are. It, it gave us an opportunity to prove who we are as a company and what we can do um, if you did it sincerely, which we did in our company. It wasn't about, we didn't, we didn't care about the cost. We just said, take care of the customers, take care of the employees. So you're right, it, it did give us an opportunity to get closer and personal, even though there was social distancing. True. Let's switch gears since we are talking about the human element. Let's talk about the human in question. We wanna to get to know your thinking, your thought process better. And the way we wanna do this is through a series of one-line life lessons. So I would urge you to share a few that have helped shape you and your thoughts along this journey that's a it's an important it's a very interesting you asked that question so i'll give you a small story and i'll give you the liners and you know um navneet and you know tie us entrepreneurs mm -hmm. so they had asked me some seven five six years ago to go tell my life story mm -hmm. uh, in the annual conference sure. so i was having dinner with my son one evening that evening just the night before and my son actually caught me flat-footed so you're going to be a keynote speaker. The same question you asked, he says, so what's your success story, son, dad? What are you going to tell them tomorrow? And I'm like, mm, that's a good question, son. <laughs> so I'll share with you what I shared with you. And the whole group that time was, I've actually three really working principles in my life. And the first working principle is a Winston Churchill quote, never, ever, ever give up. And I, I don't give up. I never, I, I, I never, I fail, but I get up. And I, I never, ever give up. The second one is always stay hungry. Always want more. So never get satisfied what you have and what you are fighting for all your life. 
And the third one is never forget where you came from and give back. There's another Ash Patel somewhere, I'm, you know, CEO, president, chairman of a bank, 1.6 billion, and other drama that goes with that. But there's another young aspiring entrepreneur somewhere along the line that's wanting to live his dream. So never forget where you came back and give back. So those were my three one-liners that I told my son that um, this is what I believe in. And I live that every single time. A couple of extra ones I add is I'll give you the five that you learn more from failures than you do from success. Um, and the last one is it's okay to fall down many, many times as long as you get up and learn from it. So those are my five one-liners that I practice every single day. The first three for sure, mm -hmm. that's what made me who I am. And the last two are, because I've tried so many things and failed so many times and gotten not successful, um, I would say that those are my other, that, that you know, failure is a necessary um, event in your life mm -hmm. and you will learn more from failure. So when I succeed, like all the success we've had, I don't dwell on it, but I look at what I failed at and see what could I have done better. Or if an employee leaves my bank, why? If we lose a customer, why? Uh, if we don't get an acquisition, why? And I try to analyze my failures a lot more than I analyze my success. And then I do fall down personally. Many times I've fallen down personally and I get disappointed, um, but I never give up. So I go back to my first rule of life, never ever give up. So I do fail many times because I'm like the Babe Ruth guy. I swing for the fences all the time, but that means that I fail all the time, but I don't let it discourage me. So I just get up and said, there's a better day tomorrow and it'll be better. And as long as moral compass is right. So if I do everything with the right intent, with the right desire, and I let universe conspire and let things happen. And today sitting here with you is an example. So your invitation maybe proves that maybe I'm doing the right thing for the right time and the right intentions is getting invited by you to come on your honorable show. You don't just ask anybody to come on your show. So the fact that I'm here talking to you says that something I'm doing is working right to have accomplished what I've accomplished and to be invited on your show. So truly humbled you you said that and, and you think so, but I agree a hundred percent with your, your principles or your philosophy. Uh, you know, definitely an entrepreneur never gives up, right? And this is not just a commercial entrepreneur, but also a social entrepreneur. And we all fall, you know, entrepreneurship is a series of ups and downs. And the fact that what defines or separates success from failure is that ability to get up again and again. So thanks for doing that in, in getting up, you have raised an entire community with you and we thank you for all you do for not just the entrepreneurial community but the the community at large thank you so much ash it's been a pleasure having you on the show and we would love to continue the journey and yeah. share your continued success with our audience thank yeah, you so I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with one last comment about um, that you know, if I can inspire, or like your first sentence said, aspire entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I'm a product of this country, right? So I came in this country in 1987 with $4, and I started as a bank teller. And today I'm the chairman, president, and CEO of a billion six bank. That journey 
has a lot of lessons that I learned. So when I say never give up, mm -hmm. I failed a lot. Um, I started my first bank during 9-11, first crisis is when I started my first bank. Didn't have a job. I mortgaged my entire career. So I'm a, I'm a self-made man, So and I've failed. In my mind, I've failed a lot more than I've succeeded. So if anybody can take my life journey as an inspiration, never ever give up and live your dream. Be passionate about what you want to, you believe in, and then don't give up on your dream. Because look at me, I'm, I was a little guy from Africa with $4 in your pocket in 87. Today, I run one of the most successful banks in Orange County, close to $2 billion. And that came because I, the three principles I gave you, I live them every single day. And uh, I'm almost at the sunset of my career, but as somebody has told me, you have plenty more to go. So, um, so there's more to come, but it's more purposeful giving back and philanthropy is a big thing on my mind. So I appreciate it. And if I can help continue to support the community that we all represent, um, we're here to help. And hopefully this helps, your, this helps your audience and inspires at least one person to say, I heard his story and it's an inspiring story. So hopefully I'll at least inspire a few people from your show. And I really do think you're doing a great job because I've heard you before. And I wondered one day if I would ever be able to go on there because I've seen your shows before. Uh, so when I got introduced to him, I'm like, oh, that's the guy. I was I always wondered like, what would it take to be on your show? So this is you know, a, a, a very, I will call it satisfying, morally accomplishing time I'm spending with you because I have a lot of respect and admiration for your show. Thank you so much, Ash. We, again, <laughs> I don't have words to express, but you've been a true inspiration and we do look up to you. I personally look up to you. And I know from firsthand experience through our entrepreneurial community that they all look up to you and they depend on you because they know you've always come through for us. And thank you again for what you do, for being an inspiration. And I know for a fact that a lot of our audience is going to love this and is, is going to be inspired by not just what you have achieved, but the fact that you have risen again and again. And I believe that sunset is, is way out there. So you have a lot more coming. And that 2510 plan is something we're going to hold you accountable to. And, <laughs> and we'll have you back here when you hit those milestones. We're happy to come back and share the journey of failures and success and failure and success. And if people can follow that and make that into their personal journey, then I think I've accomplished my life goal. That somebody's life was changed for the better because of my life, right? So that'd be the ultimate compliment of living, right? Thank you so much, Ash. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.